This is the Daily Wrestling News for January 27th, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minister Beltheim Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by John DeCani. John, welcome. Yes, Ryan, how are you? <laughs> very good, very good. Um, Impact last night, Vigilante Club here in the, in the house today. Um, we have a bunch to go through. We're going to start with the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question today. We are going to spend some time talking about the Pat Patterson documentary that was released on Sunday. We have news, uh, which will include results and stuff from Impact. We've got the NXT lineup. Uh, we've got trivia. And uh, I'll say a whole bunch more, but I don't really have anything else planned, but I'm sure we'll find something along the way. Something <laughs> <laughs> always comes up. Yeah, let's get the show on the road. All right, today's ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em, a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. All right, John, if you could only eat one food for the entire rest of your life, what would that one food be? Okay, uh, I am a portly North Jersey Italian, so it would be a toss-up between the lazy response of pizza, but uh, probably more likely uh, if if every morning I woke up and on the stove was a big vat of Mama's gravy and uh, gravy meats, I'd probably be in hog heaven. All right. I'll take the lazy answer of pizza. <laughs> I think I've had variations on this question in the past of like, What's your favorite food? Blah, blah, blah. I, know, I guess it's always that for me. Um, of course, this is assuming that, you know, your body responds to everything the way it's supposed to. <laughs> <All that stuff. laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, John, last night you and I both sat down and we watched uh, My Way, the new WWE documentary on Pat Patterson. Um, I read his book, actually, a few years ago. So I knew kind of his situation growing up. Um, was that new information for you or was that? Um... No, it absolutely was new information for me. You know, I, I've known him always as this figure. I knew he was, uh, you know, part and parcel backstage, Vince's right-hand man for a good amount of time. But I really knew very little about his backstory besides being, you know, the first champion. Right. Yeah. So it is interesting that he, you know, he's obviously Canadian, grew up in Montreal with a big family in a house that had no, um, I guess the, they had running water or was it they? They had running water, but no hot water and you couldn't take a shower. Right, so he, every other week he would go take a shower at the local community pool. So yeah. that's, uh, you could probably count the number of showers Pat Patterson would have on uh, two hands in a year, I guess. So, um, so I guess, you know, that there's that portion where he grew up kind of in a, in that situation. And of course he tells the story of realizing he's gay and, and you know, explaining that to his parents and then uh, not being totally okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> but overall the, um, I thought it was a very nice tribute. We got to see Vince McMahon. Um, he was a bit emotional throughout. It was 
you know, it was clear that they did interviews since Pat had passed for this. It was, I mean, there's a lot of Pat Patterson talking throughout this, this doc and him going around to different places, like showing us his childhood home and going to the cow palace and things like that. But there was, there was video of Roman Reigns and Vince McMahon telling stories and kind of reminiscing about Pat after he had passed. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was the wonderful part about it. I didn't know what to expect of this. I guess that leads to uh, why they called it my way. Uh, you know, I expected to see that uh, little clip of him singing, which uh, wasn't anywhere in it. But uh, apparently this had been in the works because he, well, you know, about 75% of it was him walking you through his life. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, I wonder if they were planning to do something you know, upon his passing or if they were planning to maybe, you know, they might've been making those plans, but clearly, I mean, yeah, he was, he was all over the place. They just had the video cameras on him, I guess, at some point. Um, I really liked the cow palace stories though. And I'm sure I read some variation of them in his book, but I think showing the video clips and then having him be in there, it kind of, it was, and also Roman adding on to it. Um, they were talking, he was talking about wrestling the high chief Peter Maivia. And this was prior to uh, Afa and Sika actually getting in the business. And so Patterson gets tossed out the outside and there's a huge Polynesian population, I guess, in San Francisco. And there's Afa and Sika and a bunch of them that are about to come over and absolutely kill Patterson. Um, <laughs> And I guess Peter Maivia jumps out of the ring and kind of like pushes them away and says, you know, leave them to me and throws Pat in the ring. That says it saved his life. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, big Samoan front row. Yeah, Roman said he told that story all the time. So, you know, who knows? Maybe it got bigger over time. But, you know, sometimes the, the story tend to be that. But it was also, you know, they talked about that San Francisco stuff. And then they also moved into him, him making it over to New York. Um, and so he was walking around Madison Square Garden a bit, and they had Bob Backlund on this. And I think this was also taped since he had passed. Um, Patterson Backlund said that it, how you know was talking about how rare it was to have a non-champion wrestle the champion four times in a row at Madison Square Garden and still have people be able to come. And that's what Patterson did um, when he first came to New York. Yeah, he seemed to have this amazing staying power, you know, uh, the, uh, backing up just a little bit, his San Francisco, you know, San Francisco, this was back in the territory days. Uh, I never put much thought into it, but when he said it, it really hit me. He spent 15 years out there. How do you spend 15 years in a, a small-ish territory? And then he made it to New York. He was already 38 when he made it to New York. And he was such a draw, like you said, uh, Backlund, you know, mentioned four consecutive, uh, I guess, main event uh, matches in front of the MSG crowd. And uh, he just was an incredible performer and quite a draw. Yeah. Yeah. They covered his, um, his Sergeant Slaughter match. Of course, that was probably the one that he's best remembered for, right? It's this big bloody encounter. Um, but Sarge was talking about how they, they didn't really talk to each other before the, before the show, they just kind of went out there and did their thing. Um, and, you know, he became this huge baby face over time. Even, in, even back in San Francisco, he became, he was started out as a, as a big heel. Uh, and they, they showed clips of 
um, his tag partner and him talking, you know, doing interviews and making references to Pat being gay, but not really, you know, <laughs> overselling it. Um, the you know, if they only knew type of comments and stuff like that. Um, and he also, you know, when he called Roy, Roy Shire to get booked and he had this, you know, coming back to that 15 year thing, he, you know, he's trying to initially get booked in San Francisco and, and Roy Shire's giving him a hard time, you know, you're different, you're, you're queer and all that stuff. And Pat's like, yeah, but I want to work for you. So, so he ends up staying in San Francisco for 15 years. So I guess that, you know, things worked out there. Um, it, you know, every single generation of talent was on that documentary talking about how, you know, much of an enduring figure he is. They clips of his retirement ceremony in 04. It's hard to believe he retired in 04. That was, <laughs> my God, that was 17 years ago. <laughs> Even though he never really went away. <laughs> right, right. And then, you know, the, they played stuff in the Legends House. And it's interesting the last couple of years, um, when that Legends House stuff was on, I was like, oh, my God, this uh, these poor people that are, like, you know, at the end of their career, and they're, this is kind of like an embarrassing thing for them. Yeah. But now, you know, it's interesting. Whenever they have a conversation with any of those those guys, they always point back to that as being, like, this really interesting and good experience for them. And they got all this weird footage of them talking and, you know, about each other and stuff. So, um, and of course the big thing, um, you know, where Pat reveals that he's gay at the end of the, end of the show, Bruce Pritchard said, oh, it's the worst kept secret in wrestling. Everybody to the that. surprise of absolutely no one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, lots of stories about, uh, Louie, who was his, you know, lifetime partner and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it was it was good. It's an hour, and it's a quick hour. John and I both fired it up um, after we watched, you know, all the wrestling last night, and we're like, well, I know we're going to talk about this in the show. Well, I get up the first thing in the morning. After you watch about two minutes, it's like you can't really turn it off. It's an easy watch. So. Uh, they always do such a great job with this stuff, and this was uh, no. Any any other little notes or tidbits? Uh, you know, just uh, you mentioned Roman and a couple others. You had HBK and Brett, who both basically said that you know their careers would not have existed in the form that they uh, eventually took without his help. I had Stone Cold and Edge on there. Just you know, just everyone just heaping so much praise on the man, and you know, not that. I, once again, much like uh, other revelations, I think it comes as no surprise, but it just was, you know, it, it, it hits you right in the heart to hear all these guys open up about him. Uh, so. You know, Brett Hart, Hart said, like, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for Pat Patterson. And, you know, maybe Brett eventually would have gotten his break, but um, what I understand, how I understand the story is that um, you know, Hogan was leaving, they were looking for the next guy, and it was Patterson who went to bat and said, it's got to be Brett, 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 Brett is the guy. And um, it took a lot of convincing, I guess, and, you know, because McMahon would logically go with, you know, somebody like Hogan's bill, you know, like a Sid or Warrior or a Hogan, somebody massive. Um, so it took a lot of work to get um, to the, the Bret Hart's and the Shawn Michaels of the world, so. Yeah, kind yeah. of an incredible legacy. 
yeah, without the transition to Brett, you certainly never have the transition to Michaels. And, you know, look at that. I know uh, I may not be a fan of the guy, but you can't argue he's one of the best in-ring performers they've ever had. And, you know, he might have never made it above uh, mid-card without input from someone like Patterson. Yeah. Well, um, I think, you know, it's been, it's been almost two months, actually. Pat died December 2nd. Um, we, here we are in the, the waning hours and days of the January month, and we've got this, this great little special. But, um, yeah, I think he'll be, he'll be remembered for years and years, and he'll probably have a Pat Patterson something, you know, named after him pretty soon, I would think. Yeah, and I would think, you know, maybe they'll – I mean, you have the Andre Battle Royal, but I would think whatever they decide to do, maybe they'll do it at the Rumble since that is his baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be, uh, it would be fitting. And, you know, actually, now that you say that, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something pertaining to Pat at this year's Rumble, right? Yeah. Sort of tribute. Yeah. There should be. Yeah, maybe they do some kind of a tribute presentation, some kind of a little, just something to throw in, like maybe right before the Intercontinental title match, which we may or may not get. Yeah, I'm going to count on it. <laughs> <laughs> but he invented the Royal Rumble, too, and that was, you know, that was a storyline in the show. And, um, you know, so it wouldn't be, maybe, they, maybe it'll from now on be called the Pat Patterson Royal Rumble. I don't know. There you go. So uh, yesterday's show, we did cover uh, Dynamite and what's coming up for that. So I want to talk to John today about what's going on with, with NXT. Um, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic continues. We've got um, two matches on the men's side and one match on the women's side. The MSK versus Drake Maverick and Killian Dane in a match where if either, with either team getting eliminated is kind of a shame. Um, yeah. And then Grizzled Young Veteran versus Kushida and Ruff. Um, and that match, John, I think that the smart money is that GYV gets the win because really we're headed towards Kushida, right? right. So, um, here, yeah, so Al Carlos is maybe a Pat Patterson trophy to the Royal Rumble winner. No. Makes some sense. Uh-oh. Oh, bear with us, folks. I believe that Ryan kicked himself out of the joke. And here we go. <laughs> that was interesting. Please don't ever let my face go full screen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily it was only a couple seconds. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll assume you, you continue talking about Grizzled Young Veterans. and uh, <laughs> Anything can happen on the Daily Wrestling News show. You never know. Absolutely. Um, so we also have Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. They're uh, facing Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea in the Dusty Tag Classic. Now, last week, you know, you see a team like Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea, you think, well, let's, let's, they're probably not going to get a win. You know, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, right? They were, they were facing two of the top talent. Um, on the other hand, I think you kind of need to get Raquel freed up because I think she's going to be facing Neo here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, you know, by freeing up Tony and Mercedes, maybe they're putting uh, Raquel off, but once as we've spoken about since uh, War Games, 
why give her that clean pin over the champion if you're not going to get them into a program? So, yeah, that, you know, I, I trust, uh, you know, I don't say this a lot about wrestling, but I, when it comes to NXT, I trust they're going to do the right thing. But uh, I'm a little perplexed about how they're going about it. But I assume they'll get there. So, you know, my thinking on this is you've got three matches for Io Shirai right now. You've got Raquel, Mercedes, and Tony. Yep. And I think Io is going to win two and lose the last one. So whichever person's getting lined up last is probably going to be the one who takes the, takes the title from her. So I don't. So you know, it's either going to be. I think Mercedes is first out of the gate based on the, the angles are working now. Maybe. I, so whether it's Tony or Io or Tony or uh, Raquel next, I don't know, but. It'll be interesting to watch it unfold. Yeah, I'm excited. So the so then you also have on the show you have Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly versus Danny Burch and Tony Larkin. I think that'll probably be the main event. Um, but you know that's really a grudge match. You know Balor's really trying to get to done, and we've got that February 14th takeover. So um, I don't think it matters who wins. The storyline is really trying to get Balor to done to be done. Um, and now how, how O'Reilly spins out of this is kind of anybody's, anybody's guess. Yeah, those two just have great chemistry. So I guess putting them together and, you know, we've seen them out of each other twice. So let's see let's see, uh, see how they do. The match of the night, though, I think, is it's given time with Santos Escobar and Kurt Stallion. They've literally been sitting on this match for months now. Kurt Stallion won his right to challenge, I, I don't know, November, I think it was. So here we are, you know, December, January is almost gone. So before Thanksgiving, Kurt Stallion becomes the number one contender, and then they just put it off, put it off, put it off. And he really hasn't had that much time on the main show, NXT. He's been on 205 Live a bunch, but, you know, there's only three people that watch that. And so... Now he's going to have this stage, and I hope that it comes out. And it's a it's a good showing for both. I assume Santos Escobar is going to go over because ultimately the worlds will collide. I think, and, and it'll be Santos and Jordan. But but hopefully it's good showing for Kurt. That's the absolutely yeah. All right, so that's that. I'm going to transition to our news portion of the show, which we will cover some of the impact happenings from last night. Today's news is brought to you by the free Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Each week I compile the week's top wrestling stories and I put them in a quick-to-read email that's divided up by wrestling company. Nearly 4,000 people get this free newsletter each week. In addition to the top stories, the newsletter will also keep you up to date on everything we're doing and it's bell time, whether that be books, podcasts, games, or anything else. It's really the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. This past week, we introduced Body Slam Clothes, which is a new clothing line from uh, Minutes to Bell Time that'll be growing. We introduced it first with, uh, with the clothesline shirt that's available now. And uh, a new issue comes out every Friday at 11 a.m. So don't miss it. It's free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. Okay, the news. Trey Miguel has returned to Impact Wrestling, and he got a pin on Sammy Callahan. Um, he returned on the face side of things with a different hair color, uh, 
John, what do you what do you think of Trey Miguel's return here? Is this uh, and his big win over Sammy Callahan? Do you think ultimately he's going to be uh, in the the heavyweight championship picture, or is he going to slip back down into X division? Yeah, I don't really know what their plans are, you know. Uh, but you had both him and Ace in the world title picture uh, mid to end of last year, uh, and Ace for the time being seems to have gone back to the X division. Uh, there's a lot of guys circling, uh, the world title that, you know, throwing Trey in there would almost be a waste at this point, but you know, it's, it's a big deal bringing him back. So I could see them doing it. I'm just, you know, I, I, I never try to get inside the, the head of the people uh, who, who write there for impact because I'm always wrong. So, uh, I, I can't even make an educated guess, but we know Trey's going to put on a good match wherever he is. So, yeah, if you try to get inside their head, you don't know what realm you'll end up in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is nice. Um, as I was talking to Al Carl before we went on the air about Trey Miguel and what Triple H had to say about why he wasn't in NXT, and he really, really didn't say much. Just that everybody that's at NXT is super passionate about being there. So, in theory, I guess. Uh, Trey just wasn't going to be a good fit, but he's back in impact and I think he can make a big difference there. So um, on the other side of the equation earlier in the night, still world title picture um, in a move that surprised me, Tommy dreamer is going to get a world title shot, not on a pay-per-view, but on one of the impact specials. It'd be his 50th birthday, no surrender. It's the same show that private party will be wrestling uh, the good brothers. Um, interesting move i think maybe they're thinking new eyeballs on the show and they want to give a familiar face in the main event i suppose so i i also i i don't want to go against what they flat out said because you know every, everyone came out and was trying to make their pitch so i don't know i deserve to be in that match i deserve to be in that match and at, in the end uh swan just said sorry it's already booked it's me and tommy but i don't know that we've seen the last of the booking for that main event. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, to me, it's like maybe they should do a steel cage just to keep everybody out. Then it's a real Tommy Dreamer match. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, J Jeff Johnson on the uh, conversation thread on Minutes of Bell Time's Facebook page mentioned, you know, hey, are, are we looking at uh, potentially moving towards the lethal lockdown? You've got, you know, which is their version of War Games. You've got your two teams of four right there. So that's. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we had that for that we had that eight man tag at the end of the night. Um, Trey Miguel got the got the pin for the face side of the equation. They didn't really leave on top though. Callahan and Shamrock took a, took a beating afterwards, right? Yep. Or put a beating down. And and so did the even the referee, you know, <laughs> wound up in an ankle lock. So Sammy and uh, Shamrock in a you know, still running rabid backstage. Yeah. Other things from Impact, of course, they had a whole suite of matches, but um, you have Matt Cardona and uh, Brian Myers had a little bit of backstage segment. We also had um, Rohit Raju, who is getting his match with TJP next week. It's not a title match, but he's getting his match with TJP. And apparently he's got some help. Um, and we're, So it's fun to speculate about who that help could be. The Desi Hit Squad is still on the Impact roster, as we discussed this morning. Um, 
Any other any other thoughts, John DeCani? Uh, someone brought up in the conversation thread, probably deaf again. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we're headed towards a character shift in Rohit uh, because uh, uh, once again, all you could see of this, you know, muscle or whomever Rohit was talking to was shoulder, and he was whoever it was was dressed in black and red. So the the topic was brought up that you know could that have been Father James Mitchell? Do, you know, maybe. Rohit's the next person he's going to do a favor for and be owed a favor back. You know, when, when he's backstage, God only knows, you know, yeah. where they could go. All right. Um, straight up Steve Austin, just a ratings update. So episode one with Luke Combs did 598,000 viewers. The Ice-T episode did 698 and the Tiffany Haddish episode did 703. So it's nice to see that that's growing each week. The one thing, um, the kind of the bad side of it is the lowest rating for season one was 841. And the show kicked off with over a million viewers. So um, so not doing quite as well as last season. But I think those are probably still really good ratings for non-prime time. I would so. certainly imagine so. Yeah, something that just, you know, getting you close to midnight hour. I don't think they're. They're uh, relying too heavily on that show. Straight up Steve Austin is doing better numbers than NXT. Now, you only have a half-hour show, so um, and there's a good lead-in from Monday Night Raw, which has, you know, averaging, you know, at the end of the show, it's not averaging. Like, last year, this week, they did a 1.8. End of the show, that's not the number. End of the show, they're they're down. It's, you know going to be like 1.2 or something like that by the time the third hour is done huge drop um but that they have a pretty strong lead in there where nxt doesn't have you know nxt and aw don't have that necessarily always so and it's only a half hour show so if people bleed over from raw and they stay there for 10 minutes that's a huge huge bump up for for straight up steve austin so anyway some more interpromotional stuff on the mlw side of the equation triple a cruiserweight champion Laredo Kid will defend the championship against Zenshi in tonight's episode of MLW Fusion. So um, it's always cool when you got the when you see interpromotional stuff and um, AAA bleeding into the into the U.S. market is is fun. You know we enjoy those Kenny Omega Ray Phoenix matches and those Young Bucks Lucha Bros matches. Um, so this you know this will be another situation where Laredo Kid uh, gets to defend that cruiserweight championship on the states in the states. Give us a peek at uh, what's coming next from AAA. It's going to bleed over into the American scene eventually, right? And at Triple Mania that just that just happened uh, last month, I guess. Um, uh, Laredo Kid, the Cruiserweight Champion, wrestled Kenny Omega, the Mega Champion, in what was a fantastic match. Um, so, kind of get a little bit more exposure there, more interpromotional stuff. AAA is really heavy into interpromotional uh, material, at least with United States companies. So Art Anderson also revealed that he was battling, or he had yeah he had a battle with COVID. He said on his podcast that he was uh, in bed for about a week. He, he couldn't drink anything, couldn't eat anything. He was hallucinating. Um, he was looking at a ceiling and saw ice forming, and then he couldn't catch his breath. And it was just a lot of things that he said he never experienced in his life. He scared him to death. Wanted to reiterate to everybody that. It's bad, and it's really bad, and it varies from person to person. So do what you can to stop the spread. 
and you know try to be safe yourself put in a little bit of effort and save yourself potentially a, a whole mess of grief yeah now we briefly spoke about uh impact and some of the highlights and lowlights um impact they have five matches announced for next week or four matches next week you got jordan grace versus susan madman fulton versus josh alexander um we have the x division champion uh, tjp is going to be facing rohit raju you have tasha steels versus havoc and Matt hardy and private party will be back in back in town so that is the one for next week okay john our normal proceedings are done and it's time for trivia I'm done. Now, what we're looking at here is uh, you'll be getting up. To, you'll be you'll have your your twentieth question today, and you could lock in a victory unless you go completely belly up here. So, <laughs> you might be the you might might be this month's champion. Let's see how you do. We're going to be talking about Royal Rumble nineteen ninety eight. So, think about that for the bumper plays. At this point, you know, I've been doing Royal Rumble all week. I'm imagining that you're just sitting there with a pile of Rumble notes in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Trying to dig up uh, Al's old uh, Rumble spreadsheets and whatnot. <laughs> so who won the 1998 Royal Rumble? Was it A, Steve Austin, B, Shawn Michaels, C, Mr. McMahon, or D, The Rock? 98 was Stone Cold. That's correct. Steve Austin. Shawn Michaels would win in 96. Austin won in 97 also. McMahon in 99. And The Rock in 2000. Who did he last eliminate to win the Rumble? Was it A, Farouk, B, The Rock, C, Mark Henry, D, D'Lo Brown, or E, Kama Mustafa? I believe it was The Rock. It was The Rock. It was The Rock. Right, I'm and worried I'm going to get 97 and 98 uh, mixed up here. But okay, good. Yeah. Well, in this Rumble, this might help you a little bit. Mick Foley entered the Royal Rumble three times. Once as Cactus Jack, once as Mankind, and once as Dude Love. How many combined eliminations, and I know this will be a complete guess for you probably, but how many combined eliminations did Foley have? Was it A1, B2, C4, or D6? Uh, uh, let's go with the ridiculous one. Uh, it is four. There were Chainsaw, <laughs> Chainsaw Charlie, Salvador Sincere, Bradshaw, and Henry Godwin. And Sal Sincere might have been using a different name at the time. Mm. That's how I know him. Uh, Vader was the number 30 entry. He was eliminated by the artist formerly known as A, Prince, B, Headbanger Mosh, C, Goldust, <laughs> or D, Steve Blackman. Um, uh, that was in the rub. Didn't he fight earlier in the evening too? He did. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the consistency. It was Goldust, right? It was Goldust. Yeah, the artist formerly known as Goldust. Uh, and who wrestled the Undertaker in a casket match on this show? 
Was it A, Kamala, B, Kane, C, Vader, or D, Shawn Michaels? 98, that would have been leading up to... Oh, that's uh, that's uh, HBK, right? Yeah, that isn't that, yeah. isn't that where, he, where he hurt his back on the corner of the casket? Yeah, I think he was having issues going into the match, but they certainly were exacerbated. I don't think he wrestled between Royal Rumble and Mania. Yeah. So, and then Mania, he was done for four years. So you went four for five, very good. In honor of our. World Championship match this weekend. You got the Goldberg Award. In honor of our uh, first ever Women's Royal Rumble, you got the Oscar Award. <laughs> so you got them both today. And, okay, a couple of things before we get out of here for good today. Um, join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday night. Uh, for episode number 48 of the Primetime Rundown as we take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And then also, this weekend, we have a Royal Rumble special. Uh, it's a Royal Rumble special of the Essential Wrestling Podcast, and it's coming your way on January 30th. Al Carr will be there. John Smith will be there. I will be there. John DeConi will be there. Tyler Adele, Gary Mahaffey, um, it's going to be a lot of insight on the upcoming Royal Rumble show. Coverage is beginning at 3 p.m. this Saturday on the Eastern Observer. And tomorrow, our show will return with John Smith. John DeConi, anything to uh, to say before we get out of here today? Uh, just, uh, I, I'm, I, I guess this is it for Rumble month, so... Uh... Uh, it's been a blast. I, I love the Rumble. Looking forward to the special on Saturday. Looking forward to, obviously, the pay-per-view on Sunday. And uh, don't expect this kind of uh, <laughs> output from me in the future because Rumbles really are my jam. Okay. Very good. Well, congratulations on trivia. You're probably going to have the, uh, the championship crown passed your way. But um, for John, for pizza, for the pot of sauce, I'm Ryan Joy, and we'll see you tomorrow. See you next time.